Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Today we are talking about the season two finale of The Mandalorian, The Rescue, with myself, Paul Hoppy, Ashley Coffin, and Jeff Randall. The gang's all here and we're going to have a lot to say right after this commercial break, which we have no control over, but will probably be Christmas ads. Welcome back. This is Matthew. And I want to do just, uh, two quick pieces of business. First of all, this is going to be the last episode of Star Wars Universe podcast for the rest of this year. Uh, give everyone a little chance to enjoy the holidays, enjoy the new year, enjoy all the you know Zoom calls or whatever you're doing with family. Hopefully you're doing it in safe, uh, COVID-appropriate ways. But we will be coming back starting early in January. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of episodes on the Clone Wars. Now that so many people are interested in that, we're going to be doing a Mandalorian primer. We're going to be doing things on the books, stuff like that. All sorts of stuff in the coming year to get us ready for all the new content that's coming out. So definitely, um, you won't see any episodes for a while, but definitely keep uh, keep in touch with our podcast. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming in the new year. Secondly, this will hopefully be going up early Saturday morning. And later that day, um, the Stranded Panda Podcast Network is going to have a Star Wars-themed holiday party. We're going to start at 5 p.m. Central with a watching of the original Star Wars holiday special. Um, if you don't hate yourself and want to skip that, you can just join us at 7 p.m. Central to watch together the Lego Holiday Special, uh, also a Lego st- a Star Wars show. Uh, and then at 8 o'clock, we're just going to have a general holiday party on Zoom and Twitch. So it should be a great time. You can find all the details about that by joining the Facebook group for the Stranded Panda Podcast Network. So with all that out of the way, um, I've got three people joining me today. I'm going to go one by one. Jeff, how are we doing today? It's a great day for Mandalorian fans. It really is. It really is. Ashley, is that a uh, idea that you share? Yeah, I'm happy and sad that it's over, but I'm also happy. Yeah, yeah. There's a but bit of sweetness sad. knowing this is the last time we're doing this. But um, and Paul, Paul, how we how we doing on your front? I'd say all of the disappointment that I've suffered through the prequel series, the sequel series, and various other things like Dexter, where. I love a series, and then it just does something, and it's just such a disappointment. Uh-huh. This is one of the first times that the last episode of... I mean, I guess it's just the end of the season. Uh, there's plenty of time to disappoint. But <laughs> <laughs> where it just it lived up to and exceeded all of my expectations, and really, for me, was the Star Wars content that I've wanted since I saw Return of the Jedi when I was five. Yeah. Uh, there was a great... Um article in an onion type site that I saw earlier today that said Pedro Pascal injures himself by carrying entire Star Wars franchise on his back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very fitting. It's this, like it's funny but the number of people wrong. involved it's it's so deeply wrong. Like the, I mean if you say the Mandalorian mm-hmm. for sure he injures its back by you know <laughs> carrying the entire live action Star Wars franchise on its back like yeah okay. But it's yeah. like the number of people who had to contribute um, at such a high level to make this show everything it's been. I mean, to make this one episode everything it's been. You know, I mean, I think Pedro Pascal is phenomenal, right? I think he's amazing in this. I love him in other things. But like, it's it's such a film is such a collaborative medium. You don't make something this good without oh, yeah. all hands on deck, just really um, contributing at, at such a high level. And puppet and actually yeah, was. Anybody- and that little puppet, because I mean that yeah. Grogu got well, I mean, so many people, people who that. yeah, but so many people who wouldn't watch this 
like saw that little thing and was like, I love him. I'm going to watch the Star Wars show now. And they actually watched the whole thing. Yeah. Let's and watch like, the Baby Yoda show. Yeah, exactly. Right. I've heard exactly. people He's say it that way. and adorable. But actually, I think you said it best when you said that the puppeteer should get a best acting nomination. Oh, yes. uh, an I mean, Emmy, I think, right? Yeah, no, for yeah. The, the Emmy. Oh, it would yeah. be an Emmy, yeah. yeah. Because I think the emotive, we all commented on this, the emotiveness of that puppet in that, those, that crucial scene where he has to say goodbye to the Mando and go off with Luke, which, by yeah. the way, let's talk about Luke in a minute. But just that, and the acting of a helmet. puppet, I never thought I'd say those words, but God, it was he so good. He touched his helmet as I to say, I want to see your face to say goodbye. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not crying, you're crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, there was definitely a lot of people cutting onions in the room when I was watching that, those scenes, and there, there may be again. I was, oh. Why don't I oh, have everything feelings? was so good. I, the, I watched it like four times so far, or like three and a half or whatever. Like <laughs> I watched the end sequence like two or three times extra, but uh-huh. um, the whole thing through three solid times. And the point at which like I missed it up actually kept coming earlier in the episode, <laughs> which like the first time it was just that interaction between Grogu and, and Din, right? But then mm-hmm. like, the next time it was like as soon as like the X Wing shows up and actually maybe the third time was later, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was it was touching. It was touching as hell and it's it's a puppet, you know, yeah. but it's 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 a living you know, um it's just, it's just so good. It's yeah. so good. Yep. And if anybody should be uh in the discussion of pulling muscles, let's talk John Favreau. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, a uh, number of the writers involved. Um, I, I just, I, you know, I, I finished up those post schools. There was a part of me that sort of felt like maybe the Star Wars part of my life is done now, and that it would end a little <laughs> bittersweetly. But I could still enjoy the movies and enjoy the overall story. And and I remember when Mando came out, the first episode, I was very nervous about it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to put all my new Star Wars hopes back into something else, and. Right. Just from the beginning of that first episode, it was amazing. And the fact that they've kept, you know, we had some definite times in the season. We were like, this is not really the thing we were looking for. Right. Um, but wow, what a fantastic way to close it out. And it, I felt like it did just such a perfect job of wrapping up a number of storylines while also leaving us with a number of like open stories that have to be considered, but without there being a huge cliffhanger. You know, mm-hmm. I think we said that at the end of season one, too. That it doesn't have that huge, like, oh my god, what will happen now? We have to wait a year. I-, I feel very satisfied. I feel like this chapter of the story has ended, and I'm excited for the new chapter, but I don't feel like I'm on a cliff. Yeah. I, I think that um, the it was smart to get out of the, uh, the book of Grogu, so to speak, uh, right. the baby Yoda phase of the show. It's, it's smart to, to, to have done that now, in that it's you know they can they can move on to a different story to tell and they've got a really solid wide ass open one of the like reclaiming mandalore right it's going to be sad yeah, I, though i don't know what, how to feel about you know knowing thinking that next season's not going to have grogu it it might right i mean we don't know but it definitely mm-hmm. feels like it won't right i i feel like episode 7 was kind of setting up like the idea in our heads that we can watch this show without Grogu in an episode. Mm-hmm. And because right. I remember, Ashley, you, you said that that was your favorite episode to that point. And, you know, Matthew, you were like, and it didn't even have Grogu in it. And we're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, how can you have an episode that we enjoy that much with that? But it's because 
they've really developed over time, kind of gradually, like a really nice cast of characters, right? They've rounded out kind of the, the team and there's a lot of different ways it can go. And, you know, now it feels like they're leaning more into the, you know, the, um, the Mandalorian story of, of yes. Mandalore. And, you know, they've got a light cruiser, a dark saber, and uh, Bo-Katan wants to go take back Mandalore. And, and I mean, Din Djarin doesn't really have anything else to do right now. Right? <laughs> like, he's like, yeah. all right, uh, you go off to university, Grogu. Like, did, did he just... take an actual bounty at all this season? No. No, so. he, he like almost did, right, in the Jedi episode. But, like, yeah. he didn't, yeah, actually. He, didn't. he was like... <laughs> he did, yeah. but he didn't. Right, like, exactly. I didn't accept he... the contract. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there was no pog or whatever those things are called. Right. Yeah, he had oh, he had one park. sort of tra- transport job and mm-hmm. a bunch of side quests, but... Exactly, yeah. And, and Paul, I think that's really interesting, because, I mean, not that long ago, you were saying that if there was no Grogu, you wouldn't be interested in the show anymore. Have, right. Have you kind of... You think you've kind of... They, they've done it in a way that you think you, you would stay interested? They've done it in a way that I'm not mad at them. So I will allow them to keep making episodes and I will watch them and I'll reserve judgment. Uh, I'll get on the phone to Filoni. Uh, Jeff, you you get on with Feige. Tell them we have the green light from Paul. They can go. I mean, mean, look, I was like, okay, you need to not kill off Ming-Na Wen. You need more Asian characters. Like, you need to not, like, do anything horrible to Grogu. Luke is the only one who can come back and, and, like, like sort of save them in the last episode and and train Grogu that actually makes sense because like what's he up to and they did all those things so clearly they're listening to the podcast there you go there you go (laughs) they're subscribers so so let's talk about Luke coming back because I I I can't remember the kind of like childish excitement I've had about Mm -hmm. something I mean maybe when they mentioned Thrawn but like right right but it's a little different right yeah yeah, I mean, Luke was one of my absolute heroes when I was five years old. Yeah. And I, I want to hear from others, but I remember, like, early in the season, we started talking about, you know, how is it – if Grogu has the Force and now mm-hmm. Cara Dune knows about it or others, then somehow Luke's got to find out about it, right? And I, I think I said something along the lines of, like, it would make sense for Luke to come and get him, but of course that can't happen. There's no way Luke appears on a show like this. Um and I think I kind of talked myself out of it. I was so happy to see I was wrong in that. Yeah. Um, how did everyone else feel? When First of all, did anyone else – did you immediately know it was going to be Luke when you saw the X-Wing? Were you guessing or not sure? I thought what you thought. I was like, Appa. And then I was like, Cara Dune in that moment. Well, what's he going to do? How's right. he going to help us? And then immediately I was like, the only other person I knew who has an X-Wing is Luke. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I saw he had on his Michael Jackson glove. I was like, definitely Luke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It was right, right hand gloved, left hand free. I was like, "That's Luke," but we didn't see that until after the green saber. Like when we saw him on yeah. on the monitor, and it was black and white. I was like, "They're hiding the saber color. This is yeah. Luke." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there was only one, and then so I was like, "Not Ahsoka." In. It wasn't Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't Ahsoka. It's it's you know it's a a, a dude in a robe that looks kind of like the build that Mark Hamill had at that time. And then, like, they showed the green saber, and I was like, that's, that's Luke. It's Luke right there. That's, that's the only person that has ever had a green lightsaber, obviously, ever. Well, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. You, you will actually just one. I, I, have, I have a lot to say about this. I'll try to keep it <laughs> under, like, ten minutes. No. Um, Take your time. Okay. So, when, so, first of all, I think they just did a phenomenal job with the way – 
he showed up, um, the way they gradually let us know who it was, right? And all the things they did earlier in the season to set it up. Like, yeah, my first thought, even though going into this, I was like the only person that makes sense showing up with the like deus ex machina kind of, you know, here comes the Jedi is Luke, (laughs) right? Because he's, what's he doing? What's he doing all this time? Like, he's got to be the one who, like, knows, oh, there's Grogu, right? Like, people were saying, oh, maybe it'll be Ezra Bridger, who, by the way, had a green lightsaber at the end of Rebels. So, so, yeah, he started with a blue lightsaber, and then I think it got destroyed, and then he made himself a green one. So it could have been Ezra. And a lot of people, like Luke, exactly. And a lot of people have been saying that, oh, it'll probably be Ezra or something. The thing is, like, first of all, if this dramatic thing at the end is Ezra, it feels a little weird that the live-action audience has never seen him, right? Yeah. So, like, people who are fans of Rebels would be like, yeah, it's Ezra, and people would be like, who? What now? You know? <laughs> but my hell's Ezra? I, I thought Qui-Gon right, exactly. Jinn's uh, lightsaber was yes. green. I, th- was. I think oh, you're right. Okay. I think you're right, yes. And there, there are a bunch in the Clone Wars and whatever, but in terms of, like, Jedi who are around now... Um, well, there aren't many left, right? Okay. As yeah. Ahsoka so poignantly points out. But so, so the the X wing shows up, and my first thought is, "Appa," you know, I'm like, "It's Carson Tava," who I think it's pronounced Tava, but we've never heard it pronounced that I know of. But mm-hmm. um, I heard uh, Paul Sun Hyung Kim uh, Lee. Oh my goodness, I have to stop doing that. Um, on, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say edit it out and I'll just say it right, but like, whatever. Um, <laughs> you make fun of me. It makes up for all my times about the Battle of Yawin. Yeah. I mean, the fact that my wife's name is Lee makes it even worse. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was going to be him for a sec. Oh, he was on a podcast and he, uh, they pronounced it Teva and he didn't correct them. So I imagine it's correct. Um, oh. but who knows? Anyway, since he's he's like the one we've seen in an X-wing this season, right? And we and Dave Filoni, his co-pilot or not co-pilot, his um, wingman. Uh, yeah, Wait. wingman. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. There's there's a word for that, <laughs> and that's the word. Like they set that up, so that's we see an X-wing, and that's our first thought, right? But it's like, well, this is someone coming alone, and like, really, what's one you know rebel captain now with the New Republic gonna do against these? you know, 40 or however many um, dark troopers who are just, who are so fearsome that one-on-one with, with Mando, it's like a fair fight. Right. Right. So I, you know, okay, sure. Maybe he could show up, but like, it didn't feel like it was going to be that. And then I was like, it's going to be a Jedi. And you see, you know, they're clearly trying to hide who it is. And then you see the, the green lightsaber and everybody had been talking about Ezra, and I was like, well, he has a green lightsaber. But yeah, when you see the black, you know, the black gloved hand, and then the other hand uh, bare, it's like, that's clearly Luke. But the the moment for me that it's, like, extra obvious is when uh, the elevator's doors open, right, with that last group of dark troopers. And he's got that, that belt buckle, which is the same mm, belt buckle yeah. from um, Return of the Jedi. And... Also, just the way he moved. There was so much continuity with the way he moved compared to, you know, like he moved so much like the way he moved in Return of the Jedi, just the fighting style, right? Yeah. The kind of like wide stance, the very deliberate um, strokes. It, it it just lined up and it was like, this is Luke. And 
um, just him seeing Baby Yoda and looking him in the face to me is like so powerful in this way that it connects the story together from you know Empire, Return of the Jedi into Mandalorian, and it it, it connects it together in a way that no other character could have. Oh my God. All right, that's all I have to say. No, I, <laughs> they kept showing just like the little bottom portion of his face, and I was trying to think. I was like, only Luke Skywalker has a baby face like that. Yeah. Clean shaven, <laughs> completely. Right, yeah. Him exactly. and Anakin, the Skywalker boys, love their shaved face. They do. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, Paul, you put it perfectly about how no other character would make sense. And I think that's why, like, in the middle of the season, I was saying that it would, on some level, it would annoy me if it wasn't Luke because. But we know that Luke is supposed to be, like, trying to find out about other Jedi right now and trying right, to rebuild things. Right, that's what he's supposed to be up to. But I, in my head, I just, I, in that same kind of way of, like, you never expect Tony Stark to show up to rescue, like, Daredevil or Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just, that's a movie. This is the TV show. Right. I just <laughs> didn't think that would happen here. Yeah, Luke's and, too big for this. Yeah, right? And so I was just so happily surprised. Because you're right, like, I, we never saw Ezra in an X-Wing, obviously, and also, I just I think you're right. The audience wouldn't connect to it. Um, I, I think we did see Ezra in an X-wing, no? No, I think X-wing never because by the time he, I don't think X-wings existed yet. No, no, it's because because definitely, definitely because in Rebels, right? Um, that's that's like just before A New Hope. I and I and in fact, Hera Hera crashes an X-wing. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But, so we did see that. And, yeah. and one other just continuity thing, another person who has uh, – another live-action person who – well, sort of. Another person in a live-action movie who has a green lightsaber is Yoda. Oh, That's true. yeah. That's true, um, yeah. yeah. But just speaking of that scene where, like, the, <laughs> the doors open and we see Luke with a belt buckle, mm-hmm. that shot of him holding the lightsaber in the midst of the smoke, and at first all you really see is the lightsaber, did anyone yeah. get a huge flash to the scene of, like, Vader at the, at the end of Rogue One? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. If that wasn't on purpose, I mean. Yeah. And that wasn't the one. That That's the second time. That's when he's coming through the door after uh, Din's like, open the door. Right. Uh, the, the time I was saying with the belt buckle is when he gets off the elevator. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's what I meant. The time when he's about to mow down that last hallway. Oh. Yeah. Is there is that smoky? That's when it's smoky or it's smoky after that, I think. It was smoky after, after that. that. It's smoky the next one. But it, oh, okay, the no, whole right. thing definitely has this rogue one end of you know where vader's there and just cutting through everybody just like it's nothing and right that whole thing was definitely a callback to that i think yeah oh it's just done so well the uh the only other time i've seen something that has been that like intense of a i only see the lightsabers moment uh was in the uh the fall of the jedi temple in the cinematics of uh star wars the old republic when oh, Darth yeah. Malgus takes down the Jedi, the Jedi Temple, and like all of the lightsabers of the Sith turn on in the darkness at the same time, and you're like, Ooh. "Oh shit, it's about to get real!" Oh wow! I I will say that we're probably going to um extend the definition of book club that we may well also cover some of the the video games because mm-hmm. I know some of them have um <clears throat> have a lot of um canon to them as well. Um. As just an example, I'm currently playing the Star Wars Squadrons game, which is basically a flight simulator for Star Wars. It's really fun, mm-hmm. but there is a story, and Hera Syndulla appears in that story. Oh, nice. Cool. nice! Yeah, so she's she's if you're one of the X-wing pilots, she's sometimes giving you orders, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about um, 
let's talk about Jin's journey. Cause I want to talk about him and then I want to talk about Grogu and that final scene with Luke. Um, I thought him taking off the mask was just so perfect, you know, in terms of everything he's gone through this season and, and the growth he's had about being a Mandalorian, you know, before he had to do it for a life and death reason. This, it was just like the kid wants it. This will help the kid and the emotional connection. And I, it just felt like for me, this was really his break with maybe this rule doesn't make sense in light of everything else that's going on. What, how did you all feel about that scene and, and just his whole journey to get to that point? I mean, the fact that he did it in front of Bogotan or mm-hmm. Bogotan, however you want to pronounce it. Did they? They were behind <laughs> uh, him, I thought. That's what I'm saying. They like, were, but they were, she was there. Okay. She right. was there and she was mm-hmm. watching and he takes his helmet off to to communicate with this kid and like in the last episode he had he had struggled to take his helmet off just to like let a thing scan his face so that he could save the kid like he's doing everything he can to 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 be there for this child and you know taking taking his helmet off in you know for the kid is like that final moment where you absolutely know that they both feel that connection to each other like even if even if he can't really understand the kid, like he said, you know, he doesn't, he's scared to go with you. And then Luke says, uh, he's asking for your permission. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, there you go. Not understanding yeah. force speak in your, in the head. Like maybe if you took your helmet off, you could catch the signals. <laughs> or whatever. Like, <laughs> but like, once he finally uh, is, you know, he's, he's faced with this moment of like, I have to say goodbye to this kid. And yeah, I can say, you know, I'll see you again soon, whatever. He's not sure. He takes his helmet off so that they can look each other in the eye. Yeah. And it's so damn moving. It really was. And his, his eyes welled up with tears, just yeah. barely, whatever Luke was getting on the on the lift. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't I take it. It's like I, yeah. it's like I feel like he wanted him to see his face just in case or if they ever met up again and he didn't have his helmet on. I, I mean, I guess Grogu would know, but... Yeah, it was because he loves him. Yeah. And the, the point about Bo-Katan being there, it's like earlier in this episode, Bo-Katan looked at, uh, at Boba Fett and was like, you're not a real Mandalorian. And this is a guy that like that Din Djarin respects and has yeah. been working with for a bit yeah. now. And like he saw how badass this guy was. Mm-hmm. And to, for that guy to be told, you're not a real Mandalorian, like... What even is a real Mandalorian at this right. point? Especially because right. she had just said that real Mandalorians aren't bounty hunters, and or she meant not that about all Mandalorians are bounty hunters, right? But but she had in a very kind of dismissive way, like yeah. so that a that's also a little bit of an attack on Dan, or at least she's going to feel it that way. Yeah, and they've just had this major confrontation about like him not quite understanding the rules of Mandalorian um, rulership because he was never taught them, right? And and like this conflict where she maybe like has to take the dark saber from him. So yeah, I, I just thought that 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 moment was so significant on so many levels. Yeah. I, I, it, it just felt perfect to me um, yeah. earlier in the scene that you're referencing with uh, Boba and, and Bo-Katan. Um, he said, you know, Din says, help me rescue the child and you can take whatever you want. He is my only priority. Right. And, up until that point, like keeping his helmet on was his only priority almost, yeah. you know, not until yeah. that point, but until he met the child, right. That's until true. he met Grogu and, you know, not, lit- not literally, but his, his priority was, I am a Mandalorian. You know, I have been saved as, as a child and 
this is the way that I have followed in the time since then. And, but now this is my child, right? Or this is my uh, foster child or whatever. And that's, I don't know. I have this thing for like assassins who basically stop being the same type of assassin because of like kids, like the replacement yeah. killers, the born identity, the, the professional night, gross point blank, the professional. Thank you. Um, there's, there's a list, you know, yeah. uh, they're basically reverse Anakin's, uh, but like, <laughs> you know, and and he's, you know, he's that where he's, I mean, he's still this like hardened killer or whatever. And, you know, so are all those characters to some extent, but he's undergone this very deep change with his release relationship with his child. And I, I think taking the helmet off is like, that's sort of the biggest um, statement he can make that like my identity now is, is being a, a dad basically right he's like everything else that i've previously held to is is insignificant compared to you you know you are my only priority my kid and and then the heartbreak of like turning him over to luke like he's like go with him he's one of your kind you know one of your kinds it's it's like it's very it's this bittersweet where it feels to me like you know knowing luke from the original trilogy I feel like Luke is the right character for him to go off with, right? Yeah. It feels mm-hmm. right to me in a way that a lot of the old school Jedi stuff doesn't. I, I really do feel like Luke is more of an embodiment of what the Jedi were supposed to be than mm. a lot of the Jedi like during the Clone Wars, even though he is fighting in a war, you know. Right. Um, but, you yeah, know, I mean, he was feels... never touched by the, the corruption and the fall of the Jedi in the way that so exactly. many others, including Obi-Wan, were. Exactly. And he was taught by Yoda and now here's a baby Yoda. Aww. And it's like, that's the perfect student for Luke to have, you know, and he can be like, oh, well, my master who incidentally looked like, like you, you know, taught me this. And it's just to me, it's this beautiful kind of, I don't know, the circle is now complete kind of thing. <laughs> he sure didn't care was- that uh, he sure let Luke just see his face like he didn't care at all. He didn't care at all. Yeah. yeah. And I thought one of the most beautiful mm-hmm. parts of that was. And, and I, I actually like kind of at first I was worried about this and I think I, I thought more about it. And it wasn't true. We have all talked about in other parts of the stories how much one of the worst things the Jedi were doing was basically like kidnapping children from their parents before the children had any understanding of what was going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And in this, Luke both acknowledges that he wants Grogu to make this choice. And, and we see a lot yeah. of like Grogu like – you know, game recognizes game. I made the comment. Right, like, right. Grogu. Oh, that <laughs> moment where like the X-wing lands, and we're not sure who it is, and Grogu like looks at the TV and like and it... then touches the TV. It's like, oh, it's <laughs> a Jedi. <laughs> Grogu knows who it is. It was so his ears perk up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hmm? when Luke says he needs your permission, I feel yeah. like what like. A lot of times we've seen people be like, look, you stupid Mandalorian, you don't get the right. force. He should be with us. You're not good enough for him. I feel like Luke completely acknowledges the relationship that they have. Yes. And he wants, you know, Grogu to make the choice. And that's just, yes. to me, that especially, like you're saying, Paul, it just breaks with everything that had been so wrong about the Jedi. Yeah. There's yeah, this level and- of consent that doesn't exist in these other stories. And Luke, Luke was old enough when he started his training to have had relationships and understand that, like, maybe relationships aren't all bad. True. Yeah, exactly. And just as we're talking and, about you know, this. especially, Go ahead. 
Oh, and yet, especially this, you know, this, the new master, so to speak, uh, of the Jedi order, because, you mm-hmm. know, all the rest of them are dead, apparently. Yeah. Um, this new master of the Jedi order who, like, in his, in the final moments of, or I guess the final, what, half of the last movie that we watched, uh, or that we saw in, you know, in the timeline, has discovered that, like, love and, and, you know, those building and, and repairing those relationships is like, this is the way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because he understands that he's like, yeah, man, say, say your goodbyes. You know, if you don't want him to go, it's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're welcome for the, for the dark trooper dubstep that happened, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ludwig I, just I, crushing it. Oh, I'm, so good. The music. Uh, oh my God. The music was amazing. Oh I'm I'm gonna guess that especially given that we're using like CGI aging techniques, Luke isn't gonna become a major character in this part of the mm-hmm. timeline. But it does give me hope for the one scene that more than anything I want to see, which is Luke and Ahsoka getting to meet. Because um, oh, I just think and we've we, we talked about this more in other places, but like so much of Ahsoka's story is her utter heartbreak about what happened to Anakin, and so just like Luke getting to connect with her, getting to tell her how Anakin ended his life, uh, it. If they bring Luke back like this, I feel like they have to have Luke just for one moment in the Ahsoka show. I agree. Oh, man. Just to have her break down, like, we got him back. Yeah, right. We got him I've, back. I've, I've seen, like, a like a illustration of that, right? Which is great. But, like, Anakin's a Force ghost now, right? Can't he just be like, yo, Ahsoka, what's up? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so true. I totally offed the, the Emperor. You should have seen it. There's a great TikTok though about Ahsoka lecturing Anakin Force Ghost about like what did you do to your son? What? Wait, you blew up your daughter's planet? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean he did some. Ba- it took him a while to come back around. You know, it was it was a big circle. It'd be an he, uncomfortable he family Christmas, but they could figure something out. You know, we'll see. Yeah. We might get to see that in the Star Wars holiday special tomorrow night. We'll find out. Um, just one more Talk part of that scene also. Let's talk about R2. And, I, and every time I introduce ah. a topic, I give my own theory. So I'll just shut up and let you all talk. Like, R2 comes back. Where where did that take you? I love that they obviously knew each other. Yeah. Because it just yeah. makes sense for, you know, him getting out of there before all the, the little younglings were, uh, <clears throat> you know. Uh, mm. But there's, like, him jumping up and down. And then, I don't know who said it in the chat, but uh, maybe he was the one who helped get him out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Oh, man. I didn't even Baby Yoda stuffed that. into one of his little compartments or something? Yeah, get in here. He was like, remember when you were in my belly? Or whatever robots call it. <laughs> Move over, Willow. Which is also <laughs> kind of great because you remember R2's meeting with uh, actual Yoda was not quite so friendly. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was oh, I just rewatched Retur- um, Empire Strikes Back and... And that see you know, the first meeting of R2 and, and Yoda <laughs> so is amazing. Mine, Yoda's like, mine, with mine. A stick. And he, yeah, whacking a stick against R2. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> so, oh. yeah, I mean, R2 maybe knew Grogu back in the, I think almost definitely, right? Back yeah. in the old days. And then met Yoda. I mean, I guess, did R2 already know Yoda too then? Because if so, then when yeah, they because... met up in Dagobah, like they already knew each other. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. That was again. Well, I mean, it has turned into a very what? nice part of the story. But but Obi, but um, R two and C three PO showing up in the prequels breaks so many parts of canon. Um, 
Uh, it's it? fine because we don't understand R2, so obviously nobody else does. Except exactly. they talk to yeah. him and respond to him. <laughs> right, right. 3PO gets wiped all the time, though. Right, R- that's R- true. To me, R- R2 is the memory of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, I mean, you know? he is the he, archive. Yeah. He's been in every part of the timeline at this point, I believe. And he's the so. only character I think that's true of. <sighs> yeah, I mean, 3PO is ostensibly around right now, right? But, um... Chewie. Oh yeah, Chewie's oh, yeah. Chewie's around in the Clone Wars at least, and and in the there's yeah. Wookies in the in the Senate, right? In in Phantom Menace, but, but we don't see him at all, right? Yeah, he's it alive. Is, then. But we do in this in the series, right? Oh yeah, a little bit. That's true. I had I messaged he, Paul uh, because of the. Uh... Oh, that would have been the worst spoiler. I know. I messaged Paul because I figured he had already seen it when I started the episode, and I was like, "Is that?" C-3PO in the thumbnail because that is the worst idea. Like, if that was supposed to be a surprise that he was a guest, like, going to show up in this episode, why did they put him in the thumbnail? And then at the end, it's like, I couldn't have gotten any closer if it being... Uh, <laughs> when space. you said that, I was like, oh, man, it's definitely not C-3PO. <laughs> here. It's... Super it's like an hot. imperial um, inventory. Tour. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what's so close? Yeah. And then it's just oh, R2. So I was bad. like, if I would have just thought maybe R2-D2's with him or something, and they're, then they're in this episode. But I had no idea what I was talking about. But kind of did. I was very close. Exactly. I, did, I did figure out the best way to break um, the Disney attempt to spoil you on every episode with their awful like episode summaries on the main screen. Yeah. If you just start the last episode and start like watching like the last twenty oh. seconds or so, yeah. it'll just start auto playing the next episode without ever showing you all that stuff. So oh, it doesn't okay. show the pre roll. Nice, yeah. yeah. Nice. It'll show the pre roll, but it won't show you that screen where it's like four sentences. Oh, of... I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah, but then you can pause it and skip ahead uh, to the credits or whatever. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the spoilers. Oh man, like. Oh yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I saw to... Bo-Katan in the spoilers. I was like, oh okay, so she's coming back. Right. I got exactly. spoiled by a notification on my phone that was like, Mark Hamill reacts to that last episode. I was like, Mother <laughs> Oh my god. That's horrible. That's I was horrible. So mad. I, I saw somebody tweet, um, so Luke Skywalker's pretty OP, right? And <laughs> said, not a spoiler, but Luke's I'm like, that's a that's spoiler. A spoiler. <laughs> right? You're talking about it now. Which, by the but way, I'm calling I want to see Mulio. I want to take a quick moment to give a huge shout out to our fans. Um, me, Ashley, and Jeff, and Matt Carroll had all been talking about how to put in a better spoiler policy for the Stranded Panda Podcast Network and our Facebook group. In part, especially because of the Mandalorian, because you know the show launches at midnight, and some people can't watch it until the next night. Uh, and we just announced it yesterday. And as far as I can tell, like a whole bunch of people commented, but every single person did the proper thing about nesting their their pot, their, their comments. I think I saw maybe oh, yeah. one comment that wasn't done right, but that, you know, it, it, there and was... there's some images, and you can't nest images for whatever reason. Yeah, but, you, but I was very proud to, of everybody. You have to click on the comment. Yeah, everyone did just such a huge job. So, to our, like, our fans are amazing, but that especially, like, I'm just so proud to be part of this network. So, thank you this for that. This is the way. This is the way. Speaking of OP Luke, I do have a couple questions, though, because as far as I know, which is not a lot, I didn't think that the Jedi's force crushed things. Is it because it was a droid that that was okay, or is that a little bit of dark side power? I mean, I think we... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Luke definitely flirts with the dark side. That's what I thought. Like, it's he's kind of, like, on the line. Yeah. I mean, first of all, like, he's dressed all in black, and... 
you know, I always <laughs> dress all black. But that's just a certain kind of, you know. what his daddy does. Like, he's going for a little but bit of menace, you know. Goth does not mean evil, okay? We have fought that battle since I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's often like there's sort of a... I mean, the I man know. in black is literally the definition of a, a bad guy. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, but not even just that. It's like, it's beyond a bad guy. It's like there's just a certain kind of menace and a certain... Um, there's Presence. there's something to it, yeah. Right. But I mean, more so, it's him force choking people in uh, in Return of the Jedi, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I think the you know the whole the plot of the end of Return of the Jedi is like, will Luke turn to the dark side, right? And honestly, before the Last Jedi came out, I was like, what if Luke's the villain? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what if Luke's the villain? Like that could have happened, you know. That might have that would have been different uh very different (laughs) (laughs) very different movie but you know i mean yeah it's a robot it's like you know okay so droids i mean we could get deep into droids and and sort of what level of you know are they sentient droids are they you know Mm -hmm. are they basically just directly following instructions how much uh, is their thought going on in there are they self-aware they don't feel that way but maybe they are right we don't know but um you know, he's destroying all of them. So, like, force crushing compared to cutting them in half with a lightsaber. Eh. And <laughs> you know, certainly that's in, sort the, of in the TV show The Clone Wars, we saw oh. all of the Jedi just slaughtering droids with every so possible way they could. Mm-hmm. Often in, like, if there's any sentience to them, pretty cruel, torturous, like, yeah. for to be funny ways. Yeah. Um, Anakin definitely, like, shows off to Ahsoka by different ridiculous ways he can kill um there's at one point where a number of the jedi and it, at first it's anakin and, and ahsoka but then one of the, like the old respected jedi masters gets in on it have a competition of which can kill more more, more droids in an episode um, right. so it's a very gimli and legolas moment yeah, anakin's yeah, exactly. not the best example of the jedi you should uh i mean right. also <laughs> true <laughs> also true um so so, what do you guys think of the dark troopers? Though I thought, well, I, I was just so impressed by how menacing they made them. The dubstep troopers, yeah. they were the sh- they were yeah, awesome. The dubstep troopers, yeah. I was like, dark or uh, dark trooper dubstep is the only music now. Like, <laughs> I was real big into I was real big into Mongolian, uh, you know, metal of uh, the Who oh. with yeah. know, Wolf Totem and uh, the throat singing and all that, like. Was really, really big into that, but now it's Ludwig Göransson with uh, Dark Trooper dubstep. You, you found your new love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we need the, to download that track for our Beat Saber game. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I so need that. Crush it. <laughs> well, and just the way that they did so many things of, you know, just the shots of their eyes turning on and like mm-hmm. the the scenes of them punching through the walls. I. I wondered how they were going to make it so that Mando could fight just one of them. And I thought that idea of, like, one of them getting through the doors, like, it was a little contrived, but it really worked. You know, and it gave us such a good fight scene there. Yeah. I mean, dangerous yeah. doors. So I yeah, feel also like true. at least set up doors slamming shut. And, you know, hey, these are, I mean, like, they feel really terrifying, right? They're the only thing that doesn't just fall apart every time it gets hit once in the... <laughs> In the in the whole world, basically, in and the whole Star Wars canon, ex- exactly. Pretty much. And, I mean, th- when 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 he lights it up with the the flamethrower, they look awesome on fire. Oh. I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh flame um, dark I, trooper, right? 
like I really liked the music there. It was so different. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I when when they went out the the airlock, I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. I bet they're gonna come back later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, they're not suffocating in space. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was like, and you just infected the universe, man. Exactly. And and when um when you know when they're like, our you know the whatever's been breached. How many life forms? Zero. Oh, that was like, a, oh such shit. a good line. I got <laughs> such shivers not when they good. said that. Um, but I do have one sort of. One thing that was actually bothering me a lot the first time I saw the episode, after knowing how it all turned out, it didn't bother me so much. But, like, why wasn't anyone asking if they had an off switch? (laughs) Right? Someone's like, Moff Gideon, turn these things off, or I'm going to cut your pinky off, and then your ring finger, and then your middle finger. I would have tied him to the front. I'd be like, all right, I'm in front. Somebody get some rope. Tie him right in front of me, and everybody stand in a line. Let's see what happens. Let's test your theory. Torture doesn't work. (laughs) Not torture, but if they're not going to shoot him. This is not the way. They're not Jedi, though. (laughs) um, And and torture is very much the Mandalorian way, even if it doesn't work. Very much. That crowd, that crowd torture is definitely the way. (laughs) That's all I have to say. I'm not not advocating for it in real life, okay? I love when my fiction doesn't go there and talks about how it's really the threat that's more effective than the execution, yada, yada, yada. I'm just saying that collection way. of characters, this is the way. They torture. Yeah. <laughs> I I did feel a little... I wanted something a little bit more in terms of the dark, dark troopers because it felt like we fought one of them and then it was kind of unsatisfying. And then when they all came back, like, yes, having the Jedi rescue them was amazing. And I think you're right. Like, Luke is so OP that, of course, he should just chop through them like butter i think i would have liked to have a little bit more of like all of our heroes fighting them you know Mm. and losing uh and maybe like taking one or two of them out but like just to see a little bit more of that before the jedi Mm -hmm. because i felt like we got like we fought one of them one-on-one and then we got someone just you know rolling through them like butter we didn't get more of a like some middle ground between those two no, it was perfect. Yeah, I yeah. didn't have a problem. I mean, so, no, I, I, I was cool with what they did, but they they missed the opportunity to have the the next um, the next season be like I now have to go around the galaxy mopping up dark troopers right. that I yeah. that I unleashed upon the galaxy because this is my responsibility. Oops, that yeah. would have actually been a pretty funny plot. I think. I, I also <laughs> did love the moment of the the dark trooper using this incredible punch to hit the Beskar helmet and nothing oh. happening. Oh, yeah. It, it was, oh, I just no. had this it, moment it of like went the unstoppable into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. It, yeah. it felt a little like Steve and Bucky like pounding the crap out of each other in the Winter Soldier to me. Yeah. yeah. Where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, because c- here's the thing. Like stormtroopers are supposed to be these really elite soldiers, right? Who, I mean, maybe not elite soldiers, but compared to just, like, an ordinary person on the street, like, they're just going to be able to cut through 20, 50, 100 ordinary people, right? Only stormtroopers are so accurate. Right, exactly. But then then you have, you know, our heroes, you know, this squad that the stormtroopers are, like, butter to them. They're just like, yeah, we're just cutting through them. You know, we've got a little bit of, oh, my gun's jammed, and, like, there's... You know, some fancy martial arts, some fancy shooting, some ducking, some jetpack parkour. I think we're going to circle back to that in a yep. little bit. Yep, my favorite but, term. 
<laughs> but like the stormtroopers are like nothing to them kind of right and then the dark troopers like one-on-one that's a serious problem mm-hmm. and so this whole pack of you know this whole platoon of dark troopers is like how to me the end was a horror movie right mm, because it was you've got yeah. gideon sitting there just like like get giddy with like oh they're gonna kill you all <laughs> oh, yeah. and just me and the child are gonna be alive it's gonna be great you're all gonna be dead and like and the know, doors like slowly being punched through and all that exactly just waiting. that's like that's like so horror movie right yeah it gave me and serious like, terminator one vibes yes exactly yeah, yeah that's terminator one but there's like 40 Terminators, right? There's yeah, 40 right. Arnolds. They wouldn't have lasted very long. No. But then like, right, exactly. Like they would have maybe taken a, a few out, right? But yeah. like not a bunch because they, you know, th- with the Beskar armor, like, yeah, Mando could face off against one and then somehow get his Highlander spear out of nowhere. And I did wonder where head. that was going. Maybe it folds right. up. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It must fold up. But... But then Luke shows up, and it's like, yeah, you're all like stormtroopers to me. (laughs) Yeah, for real. It was like like them sending those TIE fighters out to help the ship. I was like, oh, they they don't really want to help them, apparently. Right, exactly. (laughs) Send the TIE fighters. But why? The way that the TIE fighters got shot out, like Mm. like an electromagnet, almost like a a rail gun. Yeah. Like, that was so freaking cool. Beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, totally. so cool. The angles there were so good too. The the camera angles and that whole the whole visual look of that and oh yeah the, the tie tri- the tie fighters like dropping out of the hangar and then going down that one long shoot like it was just so yeah. perfectly done. Mm-hmm. The cinematography, that was, right yeah, there. that was masterful cinematography. Mm-hmm. It was, and it was nice the whole episode for some whatever reason. But especially like that. there's that one moment in um, Empire Strikes Back where they use the ion cannon to disable a star destroyer. Um, and I just, I had that toy of like the round thing with a little cannon mm-hmm. sticking out of it. And I just yeah. have always been fascinated by that weapon. And in a lot of the, um, video games, you can always use an ion cannon. So I always loved getting mm. to use it. And I just, I loved getting to see it again be used as a very important plot thing of like, how do you disable a vehicle without destroying it? If you want to get someone who's on board. Right. Right. How do you so capture cool. a vehicle in a space battle? Right. Yeah. They crushed with the continuity in this season. And I don't even know a lot of it, but I know that they were doing something right. Yeah. Because I recognize the ships from episode two or the weapons. And I'm like, oh, that blue thing. I love that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, and it makes a noise that I'm very pleasing to my ears in the, in the other episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Uh, let's chat for a minute about um, that very opening scene because it, you know, the two the two Imperials are trying to escape with the scientist. Uh-huh. One of them's like, "Okay, well, let's just surrender." He gets shot. <laughs> no, I, and you mean the, the part where Nathaniel Malik got himself killed? Yeah. That, here's my question: If you're if you're in a standoff with someone and you don't want them to shoot because you're saying you'll shoot the doctor first, how does? trash talking them about how mwahaha i destroyed your whole planet i was on the death star help what's the end game of that particular strategy because i'm not seeing it i don't know because that that's the guy who said i don't have a death wish like i rewatched it several times to make sure that was the guy who said it because i figured it would be the other guy but it wasn't it was that guy he's like i don't have a death wish but i kind of do so i'm gonna babble my ass off like, I, it, apparently this is something they teach in the Imperial Academy, right? Like, yeah. 
just be overly cocky. They'll back down. Two episodes. Right, exactly. Just just keep talking at them until they shoot you. Yeah. It always works. <laughs> I've always seen the Imperial pilots wearing helmets. Like, that was a plot point somewhere. Uh, I think maybe in Rebels, right? Mm-hmm. But So it was odd to see these two without their helmets on. But I guess these are post-Imperial Imperials. So <laughs> maybe they're like, eh, we, we don't need to keep the helmets. Do we have to keep the helmets on? No. And, like, clearly one of them was, like, a true believer, and the other was like, I just need the job. Yeah. You know? I just need a paycheck. Poor guy. And then he gets shot, like, in the back of the neck, and he's almost like, ow! Ah, yeah, I didn't understand him making those noises. He was like, ah, ah, ah! And then dies. I know. I love a comical odd. death. <laughs> Did you guys notice that um, the doctor, like, when when Cardoon shot the guy in the face, yes. she shot, like, a part of the doctor's ear off? Mm. like his ear had a notch taken out of it oh really i didn't see that i didn't see that but i he did seem to not be thrilled about that (laughs) outcome but you know not dead he sure helped uh, them wasn't too hard to flip yeah Yeah. do you know what happened to him we don't i think he was on a ship with boba fett right maybe i mean he i think he's a he's probably a prisoner of the new republic now but maybe he's boba fett's prisoner and he's going to do science on Tatooine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. Wait, yeah, I mean, maybe they dropped him off before, in between those two missions. That's certainly yeah, possible. Yeah, we didn't see. Yeah, um, I kind of wish Boba Fett oh. had come back. Right. I was kind of surprised he didn't. Yeah. It's not like those TIE fighters were chasing him. Like, they weren't a problem. <laughs> right. It's like, he's just like, peace. All right, I did my part. <laughs> right. I mean, he Good must luck. have. He, <laughs> he must have because he reconnects with, with um, Fennec. Yeah, oh, I mean, eventually, yeah. yeah. But, like, but, like, come back to the you... fight. They need you. Right. Exactly. I, I would have loved... Let's now talk about Mandalorians and their rules, because I, I, I think in terms of, like, figuring out who is, like, the right Mandalorian, I've kind of loved having Boba Fett there as the guy who's just like, it's my dad's armor. I wear my dad's armor. I don't... Right. You know, he's like, <laughs> I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, he's Boba like, Fett at one point is like, you know, uh, no, um, Bo-Katan is like, you know, you're not a real Mandalorian. He's like, I never said I was. Mm-hmm. He's and like I the just, Uncle Buck of the Mandalorians. <laughs> how great would it have been if during that confrontation between Bo-Katan and Gideon and um, Jin, when Jin's like, just take the saber. And Gideon is so happy about like, nope, you two have to fight. I would have just loved to see Boba Fett being like, wow, my people are stupid. This is so dumb. I was so mad. I was like, well, just figure, like, victory. That's a pretty big, like, an open word. Does it have to be combat? Can it be a foot race? Can you play checkers? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you got to beat him in Sabacc. <laughs> I want it off you fair and square. Yep. I wanted the last scene to be him turning around and her being like, Din Djarin? You and I have unfinished business. Bom, 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 bom. I mean, I think like, that's going to be season three. Like, <laughs> right. But does it have I, to be I, that? I think, well, I think season three is going to be a growing tension between yeah. the two of them. And then probably Din Djarin coming into it going, you know what? Maybe I should be in charge. Right. Well, And an awful Eventually. lot of both the Clone Wars and Rebels was like the reason we kept going back to Mandalore was that there kept being these civil wars on Mandalore. Mm-hmm. And the Jedi kept being like, guys, do we have to go rescue you again? Really? Oh, um, they're us. They're so America. I would kind of they love to there. see the New Republic have to be like, wait, we're fighting the Empire. 
now there's this crazy criminal lord on Tatooine doing crap and you Mandalorians are fighting with each other again. Like, go to your room. Like, I just can imagine, like, the, the, that tying into the Rangers of the New Republic story so well. Uh, can we talk about the ladies for a minute? Go for I it. I yes. really loved, like, let the women do the work for that first, like, 15 minutes. Even, like, Cara Dune with her gun and our second blaster malfunction of the season. Um, I was just, like, really, really loving the cinematography was good. The way that they were all fighting together or just... The, the jetpacks jumping off the bridge, coming around like who they crushed it. When did Cara Dune have a gun, or rather, when did Cara Dune have a blaster? She I don't know what that she, thing's no, called. She had, two. she had a blaster, and then she had the the heavy, yeah, um, like repeating thing. I um, meant the, the gat like a gatling it blaster, like what the heavy artillery guy from season one oh. Mando had. Oh yeah, it also yeah. looks like in Clone Wars, right? Heavy, I think. Yeah, has something like that. I think that's right. Um, I'm, I'm not certain it's heavy, but I feel like it is because it's a heavy gun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just pointing, yeah. I was poking at the fact that she said my gun jammed. It's like, okay, but right. like every no, know, other yeah. ca- piece of this cannon, they, they're called blasters. Right. Oh, yeah. I can't right. imagine like, why that is it if not it was my blaster jammed. How does <laughs> a blaster, a how does an energy weapon jam? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. You know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but apparently they do. If I got to um, explain all the time if my computer or my phone did something weird that made no sense, I'm good point. Good I'm point. fine with all of technology <laughs> just not making sense. Okay, you know? what, my computer I mean, jammed. She she just really she needed to turn the gun off and turn it back on. Yeah, yeah. And I got to I got to change my babes with blasters it. thing now. If that wasn't a blaster, because that was my theme for them. I'm like, look at all these babes with blasters. This is awesome. <laughs> But you're right. Those were such good scenes and allows us to bring in what's become my new favorite phrase to use, jetpack parkour. Because, I mean, that that was what I said the first time we saw it. Like, the, and it was, I forget her name, but Bo-Katan's helper. um, Tosca Reeves. Sasha Banks. Thank you, yeah. The actress is is Sasha Banks, right? When she uses um, that, you know, she she uses the jetpack for like half a second as part of a combat Mm -hmm. move. Exactly. I was so happy, and then they do it again with uh, in the fight against the stormtroopers. Like, oh, so good the way they use it against the stormtroopers, just going off the, the bridge. Like, so yeah, cool. we're gonna we're gonna totally flank anybody who comes. Oh, here. I loved right. it. They're not gonna see it. It was just such. I, I feel like often when we see people have great technology, mm-hmm. a lot of times we're like, okay, but why don't you use it this way? Why don't you use it that way? And here they did it. You know, like the jetpack is such a good combat weapon when you use it that way. Like, yeah. yeah. For sure. And you, yeah, know, I, I, you know, like, we haven't seen the jetpack really be used like that in the rest of the series uh, because, like, Din Djarin is still, like, yeah. I feel like he's still learning how to how to properly use it right. in, in, like, a real and, and uh, yeah, masterful way. Right. Right. And the, the armorer told him, like, you know, this is something you're going to have to practice with. Like, it's a really mm-hmm. powerful tool. Well, and yeah. he was like... Yeah, okay, sure, but, like, I took down a TIE fighter. All right. He hasn't I'd fully like learned it, but also all the other Mandos we saw in Season 1 never really got that good with it, which makes sense because they're all part of the same, like, Mandalorian offshoot that yeah. Jin is, whereas, like, Bo-Katan and her people, like, they're the real deal. So, of course, they would yeah. know this the best. Yeah, they've been right. using it in battle for decades, right? And they trained, you know, with probably some of the best teachers and... It would be really nice to see uh, Din maybe learning from them, right? Mm-hmm. Like them teaching him, like, "Hey, here's how you get the most out of your jetpack." Um, 
but first I'm going to beat you in battle so that I can take this dark saber or something. Right. They should have um, a, a parkour <laughs> battle because he's not going to yes. win that. Yeah, just like like a race. Yeah. Like a parkour, like a race. Yeah. Like American gladiators <laughs> yeah. or something. I would wager a large amount of money that somewhere is being developed the next Star Wars video game, which will be a like, you know, RPG type and you're playing a character and that Mandalorians are one of the options or maybe it'll be like a Star Wars combat game, whatever. But they are trying to figure out Mandalorian's Creed. This is the way. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how to do that. Like, you know, you press the B button to get like a quick jet jet pack Mm -hmm. first, you know, like that video game is happening 100 (laughs) percent. I think so. I think so. I I did want to comment on the uh, (laughs) right. Exactly. Yeah, Um, I I did want to comment on the sort of it's it's not even a scene. It's like a sequence or really an extended sequence. But of, you know, these four badass women taking the bridge. Um, it reminded me of that scene in Endgame and the scene in Infinity War where, you know, you have, like, all of these badass female characters, like, in in the Marvel movies, though, it feels like it's this deliberate, like, hey, look, we've got all these characters and we're gonna kind of, like, put it in your face. And I I enjoyed it there, but here it feels so natural. It's like they've just developed... A number of characters, and these are the four who made sense to be in this scene. Yeah. yeah. And oh, yeah. I'm going to double down with you on that because I did not like what they did in Endgame, and I thought this was perfect mm, okay. and natural. Because yeah. here it was just like they had developed all of these characters as, you know, very important characters in this series. They're the ones who made sense to be doing the things they were doing. It made sense that Boba Fett was playing his role. I kind of feel like he probably should have come back at some point. You know, Din was like, I want to go and get the child myself. And and Bo-Katan's like, okay, here's how we're going to do it. And she basically plots the assault, which makes sense because she's been a military commander for decades. Yeah. Right? I, I, and, I love that she's the, the strategic one. Like, that was yeah, so, so perfect. It was perfect. And it, you know, because there's just so many movies where it's like, it's... It's, like, good, and you've got this, you know, this um, important female character who's, like, badass, but then the, the the moment to, like, decide what to do comes up, and she's like, what do we do? You know, like, turning to the man or whatever. And it's like, and here it's like, no, she's the one who's like, this is what we're going to do, because this is my jam. Yes. And, this and is having the, the four of them. Right, this, exactly. This is this is my way. This is the way. Like, and it, it just felt so natural and organic, and the way that, like, like, basically, at points in the future, 10 years from now, there should be a lot of scenes like this or sequences like this, and we shouldn't notice them, yeah. right? To me, that's, like, that would ultimately be the goal, right? Is that, like, it's just so natural that it's like, yeah, of course you're going to have scenes like that, and you're going to have scenes that aren't like that. But um, here, it just felt so natural and organic through not just this episode, but the way mm. uh, the way the seasons have progressed to get mm-hmm. to this point. I, I just thought that was great. Me too. I I honestly didn't realize that it was just a bunch of uh, like female characters mm-hmm. that went in there until Ashley said in the chat, like, let the women do the work. Get it, girls. I was <laughs> like, like, what? what? Clean Hold house, ladies. Yeah, it was. Oh, like, shit. I, yeah, she's right. <laughs> I think yeah. the best way to say it is that that scene in um, the Marvel movies it felt contrived to me, but it felt contrived for a very good reason. And and actually, I think I from what I've heard, like a lot of people loved it, a lot of people didn't. And I was One like, okay, but I have. it's it's worth it. I I thought it was worth having it. And I get that it was a little bit contrived. 
This didn't yeah. feel contrived at all. This felt like they had exactly. done because yeah. part of what that felt like to me was Marvel hadn't done the work mm. to yeah. set that up oh, in yeah. such a way yes. that they could do it without it feeling contrived the way this yeah. show has. And all I have um, to yeah. say about it is it's like don't have it be Captain Marvel that these women are coming to help because she doesn't need their help. That's just you know right. Right. of all the, the women that doesn't need it. Does she does not need their help. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like nobody needed to come out and help Luke destroy all the the stormtroopers. Let Pepper uh, the catch the the gauntlet right. and then be like, okay, sh- where is she doesn't she's not alone. She has all of yeah. us. That makes sense. But Captain Marvel doesn't need your help, ladies. Sit down. Right. She literally just flew through all of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like she's so op. Yeah. Like, that's like that's really, all, she, really she doesn't need all y'all. Like. Um, but yeah, Marvel hadn't done all the, hadn't put in the work, right? It's like, that was the one female title, title character and the Wasp, I guess. Oh no, but that, that was, yeah, no, the Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp mm-hmm. was before that, right? So you had like one yeah. and a half title characters, basically, and a whole bunch of secondary characters, which it's like, it's better that they're there than they're not there. Yeah. But it did feel a bit, a little bit like a stretch within the context of that movie. Here, they put in the work to develop yeah. these characters, to have these all be important characters who it made sense that they were all here mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Right? Because, like, so, where was everybody yeah. else on the battlefield? I don't want to stay too close on it. I don't want to keep going. But, like, where where was everybody else on the battlefield in Endgame? How did all right. of you get together? I thought Infinity War did it perfectly. And this one did it even better than that. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a good way yep. to say it. Yeah. Um, it was the right thing in the wrong way. This is the way. This is totally it, it, the yes, way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So uh, you gotta do the work. let's talk about uh, that end scene, um, the, the uh, uh, post-credits. King Boba Fett on the throne. How are we feeling about it? <laughs> Was that uh, somebody Fortuna? B- BB Fortuna? Bib Fortuna. Bib, Bib Fortuna. Okay. Fortuna, right? uh, noticeably so. heavier. One thing I wanna... Who had been jo- uh, Jabba's thing... second in command. Yes, definitely. So much heavier that I was like, is he going to turn into a Jabba? Like, are they the same species? Ken was like, was that, <laughs> is that Jabba before he got fat? I was like, what? Right. What'd you say? <laughs> Even I know the answer to that. <laughs> Jeff, what were you going to say? Oh, there's one thing that I want to say about Boba. Um, just because <laughs> it's funny. Uh, just like Boba to dip out right at the beginning of the last episode of a series. You're so <laughs> right. <true>. Yep. <laughs> And I thought it was also good because, you know, this show started by telling you that its hero was not a hero. He was a -a workaday guy who did dirty work sometimes to get paid. And we saw him become more heroic and he kind of roped all these people into being more heroic. And by the end, it was kind of like a good guy crew. And so I love that we end with, you know, Boba and Fennec being like, cool, we helped you. Now we're going to go back to doing bad guy shit. And yeah, like, I loved exactly. it. Because first I was like, oh, yeah, Boba. So, no, wait, Boba ended on good terms with, like, he wasn't mad at anyone. This isn't some revenge no, yeah. thing. He's just like, oh, cool. I can go back to my that planet and take power. Done. Yeah, he's like, this, yep. I'm, I'm just going to settle some old scores, basically. Yeah. And Fennec's like, yep. cool, I'll hang with you. Um, it's so funny. The, the thing, like, the way that there's a, there's a particular way you can look at it. Like, you know, this was a workaday guy. But, you know, he, he brought in all these people to, to help him, and, you know, everybody became more heroic. But, like, it, it was really that he had a child that changed him. You know, becoming a yeah. father yeah. really changes you. And you got to build out your support network, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And he and finally we... found daycare. Full-time daycare. <laughs> he daycare. finally got daycare. <laughs> On Jedi Island. And, you know, exactly. it was established in, in episode, what, eight, seven, eight, that, uh, you know, he can FaceTime from daycare and it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think that's how we'll keep the cuteness of Baby Yoda is he'll get, like, you know, a video chat postcard every now and then or he'll, like, you know, just kind of... <laughs> yeah call the summer camp and be like, how you doing? And the baby will be super cute and everybody will be happy and <laughs> then we can go on with our lives. <laughs> if they like intercut scenes the way they do in, um, in like Dagobah in uh, Empire Strikes Back, that would just like, that would make the season three for me. I don't think they'll do that because I don't think they want to use that much Luke. Yeah. Uh, because it's expensive. Well, probably. And I, I think if they do that, eventually, like if you follow Grogu's story, yeah. Eventually, you have to uh, you have to explain did Kylo Ren kill Grogu, which I think is probably what has to happen for the story to make Ooh, sense, or he dark. disappears from the nope. way. And nope, like, that is not dark. Here for that. Yeah, that's my point. Like, that's kind of nope. why I'm happy to have just it's like not a discussion. I'm ready to have. Yeah, like that's when like don't give us more of that. Like, just you know, mm. he killed all of them, or did I he leave like with Gro- some of them? Uh, my the Knights he, of Ren some of get them. mentioned okay. but not discussed. Yeah, he turns them to the dark side with him. Okay. Wait, they're they're all force users. I think but, that's the implication. But they don't have lightsabers. So this is a shocking thing. But yeah. this is one po- this is one story element from the post schools that they don't actually have make consistent sense over the three movies. Really shocking. I know. Really, that's so uncharacteristic of those three movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe from a novelization, it's talked about okay. that the Knights of Ren, at least some of them, are. The people who Kylo turned and who left, um, right, uh, left the Jedi Academy. Left the Jedi Academy, but it makes it's less no. sense that they turn on him now. Oh, on Kylo? Yeah, right. Oh, when he kills Snoke, uh, you mean? Yeah, no, not Snoke. I thought wasn't that his little group who turned on him at the end? Um, yeah, with Palpatine. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like they're you know. The, you're you're gonna hop to the the higher power, you know. Yeah. But but they're not Sith, and he's not Sith. You know what? Let's um let's not get into <laughs> okay. The fair, 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 fair. What what I will do <laughs> I, I, is I will agree that I do think the farther we go down this timeline, the more difficult it's going to be to rectify whatever happens in the postquel tri- trilogy with whatever's happening here. And honestly, the thing I loved about this episode. And this season, minus a few, you know, mistreatments of, of animals and, uh, you know, culinary choices. Fair. Um, I was okay with the macarons. That's that's fine. But, that poor kid! Um, he has macarons stolen! I know. It's His true, mom it's probably true. made... No, actually, they're store-bought, but still. His um, mom probably made that's them. from William Sonoma. Clearly, that kid is loaded. They're gonna be fine. Yeah, it's like 60 <laughs> bucks for a box He's of 12. He's got another 50 tubes in the pantry at home. Exactly. They'll, they won't even know. Um, but <laughs> the thing that I loved so much about this season of this show, and to an extent last season, but especially this season, is it just, it feels so much like what I wanted to see after the original trilogy, right? And there's there's two other trilogies that apparently are what some other people wanted to see. Although I think more it's like the prequel trilogy some people really love, some people mostly don't love. Um, so people are more split on that whole trilogy, and then the sequel trilogy is more like some people like seven and nine, some people like eight. I enjoyed seven the most and have different issues with eight and nine, <laughs> but like 
you know, it, it's like, I'm happy that those exist for people who enjoy those, right? That's great. But, like, that's that's not what I wanted out of the future of Star Wars. And this is. And I, I didn't even know that I wanted it anymore because so many of the things that I'd seen were disappointing to me in terms of... Like, I could go for a long rant on the on the post-school trilogies and why, um, why I feel like there are complaints about them that are very different from, like, complaints of the Ghostbusters reboot, mm-hmm. right? But, like, I really love the characters introduced, but they having the characters from the original stories and then like killing them all off at like, except for Lando, I guess. And, and Chewie, like I like, that's, I, that's not something I ever wanted to see, you mm-hmm. know? And here, like seeing Luke come back and like having this story that just really being invested in it, being invested in, in Din and Grogu and Kara and Fennec and Bo-Katan, although I think she's a terrible leader and we could get to that later, but like, (laughs) but, but like really being invested in this story locally and then having like Luke literally fly in to save the day. Like it felt to me like that's what I wanted to see after return of the Jedi and like finally getting to see that and experience it like almost 40 years later. Right. Like really just meant a lot to me personally. I love that. I'm glad that you you brought up That's the broken. mistreatment of animals, um, and oh. you know because I'm so glad that they got away from the creature Me feature. Too. Yeah, Me too. at the yeah. in the beginning of the yeah. series. Yeah, like it was, I mean, it was I went three back episodes and, in a row, and then well, zero of the last five. It it, it was. <laughs> It was, uh, like, I went back and watched the first episode of, of season one because I was showing my mom the series. Mm. Oh, yeah. And the, um, like, the first thing that you see, you know, after he captures that, um, the the accountant guy, um, is yeah. that this, like, giant, giant walrus thing right. comes out of the ice and eats the, you know, eats the, the uh, speeder that he had had hired. And then yeah. it tries to eat the ship. Like, it tries to eat the Razor Crest. And, like he just casually walks out and tases it. And it's like, get off my ship. Stop it. Right. And I was like, is this whole show just a giant creature feature? Have I missed that? I mean, cause then like he fights the mud horn and that's, that becomes his crest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, Oh my God. Did I miss that? (laughs) So that's always been a part of star Wars. And that's something that going back and watching the original movies, again, sort of reinforced to me that I had kind of forgot, right? But it's like, there's the, I forget what it's called, but like the ice, the, the abominable snowman, basically, right. on Hoth. And the huge right? asteroid the, yeah. monster. The, right, the the giant monster in the asteroid. There's the creature in the in the garbage, just in the, in the compactor room, in the Death Star. Yeah. Like, how did <laughs> yeah. that get in there? You know? And then Composting. in Return of the Jedi, there's <laughs> there's the Rancor and the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. So it's like these, these like, megafauna have always been a big part of the Star Wars universe. Megafauna. And I kind of like that because I feel like, yeah, there should be megafauna, right? Like, there should be these giant animals. But um, the the level of focus that it got in the first couple episodes of each season... Uh, is is I guess my least favorite thing in in the show, or the the one thing in the show maybe even that I I really pretty strongly dislike. Yeah, I I, I think I'm with you there. I think for me especially it was the I get that Grogu is a toddler, but I just I didn't yeah. enjoy watching him be a jerk. 
you know i didn't enjoy mm-hmm. some of it was a little bit fun like and like the moment with with him stealing the macarons from the kid i think i would have loved that so much more if i hadn't just watched him like you know munch on all this woman's eggs and yeah, yeah. munch on a spider egg that also got them all killed um, i might right. not know but i thought that all that was kind of when ahsoka was like you know he has some dark side in him and he's attached oh. to you. I thought that that was kind of like easing us in, like, because how would we ever think that Grogu had any dark side tendencies if we didn't do see him do some messed up stuff that is not justifiable? I mean, because he force choked Cara Dune. Well, <laughs> she was. Like, you, don't have to, you don't have but, to. But end I agree. The, I hear the family line of a frog person to right. yeah. Dark he side didn't. He didn't user. end it. I feel like he being had a, a few. Like, we had enough parents. We had it. enough parents write in to tell us like he's being a toddler. That's what toddlers do. Like yeah. I'm not quite sure if that's dark side as much as like not having like formed much of a like moral compass yet. But um, I mean, uh, human toddlers are clearly dark side. What are, <laughs> yeah, what are I we mean, talking about here? they're the worst. <laughs> Kids are narcissists. Oh that's also potentially very true. Um, I mean, I mean, I just love giving have... into like uh, desires or whatever that you know. I don't know. Yeah, That's I, yeah impulse a lack control. of impulse control. Yeah, yeah. Impulse I control. mean, a lack of maybe putting yeah. the, the needs of others in front of your impulses is perhaps a thing yeah. there. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, humans do horrible things and they do great things, mm-hmm. and it's like that. The, the force is like a metaphor, right? Yeah. Like for <laughs> the good in everybody and the you know the kind of evil selfishness, whatever in everybody, and. Uh, it's it's a little more literal in Star Wars, and it gives you powers, or you draw powers from it. But you know, I think um, I, I kind of like you know Grogu being kind of like a little dick, a little bit. Yeah. But I just like wish it wasn't so much at the expense of like you know all the other like not sentient super life. able to defend themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the sentient life around him Sim- that wasn't you know like a kid in school. Like okay, you took his cookies, like. That kind of sucks. So right? I wish he would have like... took the cookies and then he would have went to get him back and then he could have force choked him. That would have been more dark side. <laughs> so, so here... That would have been dark side. We're going to need your child to not be in our school. <laughs> so here's my idea. Okay. Like, because when you're talking about this like idea of like breaking out of the binary of like good and evil, light mm-hmm. and dark side, the force mm-hmm. is much more complex than that. Right. Ahsoka kind of embodies that. Um, yes. So we know that like Grogu is going off to be trained. And we don't really, we don't expect to see Luke that much. What if Ahsoka basically takes on Grogu as kind of her Padawan? As kind of like, I, and that Grogu, like they, that way Grogu stays in the TV shows. Um, we get a moment with Ahsoka and Luke connecting, which is all I want. And we get to see, I mean, Ahsoka was 80% of the time we've seen her was as Anakin's Padawan. And getting to see yeah. her now train someone else. Especially given that she has very negative ideas about the Jedi and really wants to sort of, you know, carve out new ideas. Like, oh, I would, I would love that. I love it. Well, if Luke's it. looking for other, that's actually a really solid idea. Yeah, yeah, if he's looking for other Force a... users, I mean, it, she would exactly. have to come on his radar. Yeah. And Grogu can be like he needs this a gym chick. teacher. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Dave, John, you heard it here. First. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's what... yep. and if they do it, we totally know they're listening. Yeah, you can oh you can make out checks exactly. too. Um... Yeah, pay me my money. Yeah, right. Well, so on that, on that, set, that oh, I, I would just oh, say there's just one thing inspired by what you just said. Go for it. Just before it, um, what if Grogu's the one who teaches Ben Solo the Force choke? <gasps> oh, no, God. yes, no, yes, no. Like vetoed. 
I like no. it. No. Um, Paul, did Grogu you just say... be the, the fall of the post Yes, Ben Solo doesn't exist in Yeah, I, I love that Paul universe. is like, we cannot see the end of the Grogu and Ben Solo story. But what about if we begin it this way? What if we begin it this way? Yeah. What if it's more of a team-up thing? I'd like that show, please. Yeah, Grogu actually... He's the one who turns him. Grogu grows up he to be Snoke. actually the beginning yeah. of the Knights of Ren. Yes. <laughs> um, you didn't see him because he was behind one of them in the in the shot in the rain just on the subject of grogu and, and kind of what you were saying a moment ago paul i feel the same way i feel like so many of the things that i wanted this gave to me like i kept saying like what's luke doing yeah. we saw that we kept saying like mm-hmm. how is this all going to work together what's how does mando feel how does Jin feel about everything he's learning about the mandalorians we got that yeah. the one thing that i think i i would have liked to see this season and i'm a little disappointed we didn't is I feel like they nerfed Grogu so hard this season. Oh, word. And I would have liked... And I, I get that maybe they thought, like, last season he was a little too OP or that it was too much of the story. And again, they wanted us to get rid of... They wanted us to get ready for Mando without Grogu. So they didn't mm-hmm. want, like, Deus Ex Grogu fixing everything. Right. But yeah, this yeah. time especially, like, if he's ever going to use his Force powers this season for yeah. some real good, I would have loved to see him be a... Like, maybe, like, Gideon's about to give Jin the death blow and... Grogu pulls him back, you know, just some yeah. force jokes Gideon. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I was like, you can pass out now, little buddy. We don't need your help after this. Just force exactly. push him against just the one, wall and let's move on with our day. <laughs> oh, I, man. Yeah, what I totally if, agree. What if uh, uh, Din jumps in front of the blaster fire and then we get Grogu jumping up on top of him, like, you know, very Yoda style, like bounds up on top of him and then just like does the crush but on on gideon and then just breaks his neck right there oh, i would have loved that there's your dark wow. side yeah, yeah. there's your, your dark, dark side. side and luke would have been like oh little buddy <laughs> we got our work cut out don't we <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right we're going back to remedial lessons you're not going the way dad did <laughs> i even yep. i was even really happy to get the john williams theme like i i'm a sucker for every time they play the theme music and oh, yeah. you know it's just not in there and when luke was there they played it at the end i was like oh yes luke was there and they played it right and when he's saying like you know come little one and then grogu turns to mando and is like like basically kind of like asking him permission but he doesn't have words and i think then they started playing more like the mandalorian theme they did yeah they they transitioned really nicely from one to the other it was it was awesome it was like the music carried them from like one character to the next it was just so well, so well done. The working in the original John Williams themes, yeah. and then the new Mandalorian themes, and then of course the Dark Trooper dubstep. <laughs> yes, oh god, oh, it's god. so good. It reminded me a lot of the um, uh, when Ahsoka showed up, and they brought some of the original Force music in under yeah. Ahsoka, but in a very subtle way. Um, yeah, it was like the the Dagobah theme. Yeah, I will also say if you're really into Star Wars music, then an important part of the Star Wars holiday special, forgive me for a small spoiler, is B. Arthur singing in the um, cantina on Tatooine. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Come on, you know how I feel about spoilers, and you know how I feel about B. Arthur. <laughs> Wait, do you? 
<laughs> I know you like Golden Girls. I, 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 the Golden Girls was my original Kim's Convenience. Oh, okay, there you go. Like show that I watched so many times <laughs> over and over while going to sleep. Like it's just like this comfortable show for me. <laughs> That's awesome. That's well. There's a good reason for you to tune in. Um, All right, I'll definitely watch that. So I don't want to go too much longer, uh, especially because I want to edit this time it up by tomorrow morning. But let's make some predictions. Uh, what do we think is going to happen with some of these uh, plots that are still there to be developed? Bo-Katan and Mandor are going to have a foot gonna... race to for the Dark Saber. <laughs> no jet Obviously, <laughs> their, their, um, their relationship is going to be strained. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I think that on the Ahsoka show, she's going to deal with Thrawn um, in a in a big way, and that's going to. Uh, that's going to ping the radar of of Luke, and they. I I feel like Luke is going to try to convince her to, you know, to to come be a teacher at this new school. And she's like, I, you know, I've seen what happened to the Jedi before. And he's like, No, 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 this is different. And I think she's going to end the series or end the season, you know, accepting the position there. And then um, it's going to progress to where she steals Grogu away while things are being set on fire. Oh, I like that. Probably. Hmm. Or maybe even just she, maybe she's one of the first ones who sees um, uh, Ben becoming Kylo and like doesn't right. have the heart. Like she, she knows Luke can't see it. So, so she walks away again and then somebody turns to the dark side after she walks away. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's because yeah. you keep leaving. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think let's just keep the door. We keep saying let's keep the like Ben Solo and Grogu meeting door firmly closed. And then keep yeah, being like, yeah. oh, but let's just peek under the door for just a second. Like, no, close it. <laughs> you don't want to see what's back there. <laughs> I, just, I do. I, think I it do. It would be really great, though. I'd be really. I think it'd be really great though for her to be the one that that takes him away from there, mm-hmm. because she's the one that revealed to us that he was in the academy oh, yeah. on Coruscant, and yeah. nice she's the one that said somebody took him away from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be that would that. be really great, or even better. Oh my lord, uh-uh. if uh, if she got R two to take him away, and R two actually was the one that was took him away. Oh, you get to rescue him so. again. Oh. I mean, I'm trying hard not to give too too many spoilers for Clone Wars and Rebels. That doesn't quite... I think you'd have trouble fitting that in with the established canon we have for her. But certainly possible. Like, there's... For what? Ahsoka? Yeah. Wait, this, this is a prediction for the future, isn't it? No, I thought yeah. Jeff, you he was saying he was saying that R two might have rescued Grogu. Right, but I think you were saying that like that Ahsoka might have convinced R two to do that. No, in the future, right? No, yeah, in the in the next time. She's oh, okay. Like, I thought you were saying like uh, in the past. She sees yeah. Ben. No, yeah, she sees Ben Swolo doing his thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and, he, and she's <laughs> like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, and then she like stuffs Grogu into R two. Is like, "Get him out of here! Go! Yeah. I'll hold him off." <laughs> That's a distinct <laughs> possibility. I mean, that might be. You were saying, Paul, about how you didn't get the Return of the Jedi sequel that you wanted. Mm-hmm. I felt the Until same way, now. although you and I had different parts that we objected to. Like I have no objection yeah. to Luke dying or to Leia dying. Um, I I thought there were a lot of things, especially in last Jedi that really worked, but what I wanted, I've talked about this a few times before. So I'll be very brief is I like knowing what happens after the rebellion wins. I like seeing right. all the difficulty of trying to rule, you know, that, that King George says in Hamilton, like, you know, winning the revolution, like, sure. But now what do you do next? Um, and I felt like Force Awakens completely abandoned that by just 
destroying the Republic yep. and going right back to there being yep. a rebellion, a resistance. Yeah. I would love it if maybe in one of these shows, but especially maybe like the, one of the next trilogies will be about this time. And mm. that's, you know, it might well be that Thrawn is like introduced in a TV show and then gets one of the sets of new movies. Um, I don't know. I, I do think that the Mando Bo-Katan, I, I think we're really going to wind up diving deep into what is the meaning of being a Mandalorian. And mm -hmm. that's so tied up in like the way and death watch. And do you keep your helmet on? Like, I think there's, we're going to really go deep on exploring those questions. Uh, yeah, I think for sure. I think there's going to be a ve very heavy Mandalorian um, theme to season three. Mm -hmm. I think, I think him being called the Mandalorian, like kind of all the way along and, and it being called that, you know, as a show, I think uh, him having the dark saber, I don't think is just this inconvenience. Like, I think there might be, there's some possibility that he will get to a point where he's like, yeah, why shouldn't I lead the Mandalorians? Right. You know, like, why should it be this person just because of whatever her particular background was? Like she led the Mandalorians twice, right? Yeah. And didn't, like did a bad didn't job work before. out so well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, might've, might've made a deal with the Sith Lord. Um, you know, she had the dark saber, but she didn't win it the first time. It was basically given to her. Mm -hmm. Right. I, Maybe that's why she won't just take it. Cause she's like, yeah, last time it didn't work out so well. I think she won it in some um, like technical way, but I need to go back and rewatch those episodes. I'm, Pretty, yeah, I mean, we can we can uh, sort of table that for the Mandalorian yeah. episode about Mand the Mandalore episode. But we'll definitely watch I'm pretty those sure it was like, then. yeah, she was kind of like, it was like, yeah, you want it totally. Like we used your plan, so here, oh, okay, you know, she didn't win it like in one on one combat, right? Like that's for sure, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, also her whole like you're a clone thing. Like I thought that was a great line. I've heard your voice a, a thousand times, mm -hmm. right? I thought it was a great line, but it's very bigoted, you know, <laughs> it's very anti-clone. Um, it, it is, but it's also it was... like, you know, I've seen uh, stories of like, you know, Americans who fought against the Japanese in the 50s and 60s, like having these incredibly racist attitudes. And this, this is, they're in no way justified. They're bigoted and awful, but they're also 100% what often comes out of war. And so I, I right, yeah, I feel like I, I, that's why I think it's a great line. Yeah. It's totally understandable. It, it, um, it reinforces her character. It helps define her character, but that doesn't make her not big. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, true. she yeah. needs therapy, not a throne. I, I chose that example. <laughs> exactly. I, chose that, I chose that example intentionally. Cause I think in both cases, like there was an awful lot of racism about how the, the Japanese were seen as like, not, yes. you know, the same as like other humans and the clones. Definitely. There's yeah. that exact same thing. For um, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I loved how she just like, she was like, you can bring me to him. <laughs> like she just, she was like, I want the dark saber, you know, you want the child, let's do it. Um, but I, I, I do think, I, I think Mando's going to hang on to the dark saber for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm concerned he's going to stab himself in the nuts with it. <laughs> you know, don't point that thing towards yourself. He's handing it to her like hilt, you know, like the way you hand someone scissors or whatever. But, like, if you press one wrong button, you're impaling. Oh, you know what? He's wearing, he's wearing, he's wearing the He'll be fine. He's got a Vescar cup on under He'll there, you know, just so he can't take it in a nutshot. I feel like, aren't there some weak points, though, in the armor? Like, does it have a strong cod piece? I don't know. All well, right. It is funny. I've thought about this there before. There are that... where it doesn't cover. The staff looked like it yeah. was going to burn in half. You know, 
when yeah. it was in a lot of things I was like, like Game of Thrones uh-oh. and stuff like that. They talk about how you fight with practice swords to get started, and like, right. there's no such thing as a practice lightsaber to fight with. Like, you're training, and you can easily put someone's eye out. Um, right. Christmas reference. Although, I mean, rebels. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, having actually two people wear Beskar to fight with la- as they train with lightsabers is actually brilliant. Right. It's the way to go for sure. <laughs> so, what do you think's gonna happen with Boba Fett? What are we gonna get in the story of Boba Fett? I'm, I, knew, I can't believe we're getting another show. So is and that another show? Is that it. a book? Like, do we know? I would hope it's a show. I think we're pretty sure it's another show. I've seen um, semi-reliable confirmation. Mm-hmm. It's the book. Of I don't Boba know what Fett. we're going to get from it. I mean, I figure like a crime lord show. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, looking man. now and I'm Googling it. There's a number of oh, things like that say. like The Sopranos, it's but it's Boba Fett. <laughs> the fats like star wars sopranos i love it the clone father the clone father part two <laughs> the clone father. i mean one thing that's been established in the rest of canon is that the clones have now been all kicked out of the imperial army but a lot of them are not are still alive and kicking around and trying to figure out what right. the world to do with themselves for the last couple years yeah. of their lives so like yeah, <laughs> actually. Oh, step- you could like recruit a clone army. That would be ama- hilarious. I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we oh end on Tatooine. So shocking. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just that's just our <laughs> right. You know, that's a planet where all this started, and I feel like that's a planet where I, I think at the end of like when all the Star Wars content is put out, Tatooine will be the planet that we spent the most time on. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's it's the the default planet. Pretty much. Did they did they ever go back to Tatooine during the postquels? Or Ray does at the very very end. Yeah. Other than that. Right. Yeah. She goes back to uh, Lars and and Baru's place. Right. right which has been left Owen? empty for thirty. Oh yeah. Years. The Larses. Right. That's their last name. Oh it's yeah it's Owen and Baru Lars. Yeah. Did did we ever go to the to Tatooine during the postquels? Other than that, I don't think we did. Yeah, but the, we went to a lot planet of planets that, that on. looks like it. Yeah, was it yeah. The, yeah, the planet first that one? Ray is on in the beginning is looks exactly like Tatooine. We might as yeah. well be Tatooine. That's what Jakku I thought. Or something. Is oh, that, okay. Jakku, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, exactly. It's are there planets that have multiple types of terrain? No, in the Star Wars galaxy, <laughs> no, right? There's Apparently an ice not. planet. There's a desert are there planet. Biomes? There's a forest moon. Right. <laughs> it's like... Got a city planet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Who knows? Right. Who, yeah, I was a city planet. Who knows what Coruscant? Who knows what Coruscant was until they like, like how sure. are you sustaining an oxygen environment on Coruscant? There are no more trees. <laughs> like, I mean, they have well, oxygen. They explain generators. that they have know. they have oxygen generators. I mean, that's yeah. that's been covered for a while. Oh, did they mention that? Okay, I missed. Even that. I know that one. I, I didn't know that. that one. No, it was in. I oh, think it was I'm, in one I of the books. Blocking. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, I totally read it somewhere. All right, you read uh, it. <laughs> we, we are deeply into the si- into, just... we are deeply into the silly times. So, does anyone else have any other uh, kind of last predictions or last comments they want to make? I just, I would like to see more vehicles with wheels on them mm-hmm. in the Star Wars verse. Uh, I really appreciated that in in Episode Seven of Season Two. Oh yeah, it didn't hover. Yeah, it was the only vehicle that hasn't hovered. It's hilarious. Oh my god, that's uh, right. We didn't well, even you know, know that's not right. had been invented except that R2's got Jawa, it. Jawa fortresses don't hover. <clears throat> Jawa fortresses don't hover. Right. And the ATATs, like the the ATATs and the ATSTs, they walk. They walk. But Yeah. Yeah, there's no but wheels. wheels. 
<laughs> Wheels are a new technology wow. in Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, it is a long time ago. The galaxy yeah. far away. <laughs> it's funny. There's a, <laughs> you know. a series of novels by Orson Scott Card. I think it's by Orson Scott Card. Um, and they're basically like a retelling of the Book of Mormon. But in it, there's this like satellite that won't allow the idea of a wheel to occur in people's brains. Because the idea is that, like, if you invent the wheel, then that's where, like, warfare and destruction and death comes from. Um, so it is kind of funny yeah. to see these societies be like, eh, we don't need wheels. We can do everything else. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of ways that people think of to kill each other. And the wheel is just a very small part of that. I think the idea is that, like, one yeah. village can't fight someone else 500 miles away or whatever it is. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> but who knows? Boat. All right. You can still stab your brother. I, I do have a few closing thoughts. Go for it. Um, no predictions. Um, just like very small moments. Like one Gideon going so quickly from being so smug and arrogant to just terrified. Oh, the look on his face. When yeah. He's like, oh, my dark troopers are going to kill you. Wait, what? <laughs> a, a jet? What? <laughs> oh, this is bad. I'm going to have to shoot myself in the head. Yeah. Like, and then like <laughs> right around Where's the same time. Capsule? You know, Grogu's ears popping up and being like, it's like, he knows, he knows whoever it is. His, like, he knows who it is. We don't know who it is. His little point. And then, uh. Yes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then him and Din, like, sitting there literally watching on TV as we're watching on TV. Like, Luke just cut through all of the Dark Troopers. Mm-hmm. It's like. I love it. it. It just felt like this beautiful, like, mirroring of, like, our experience. Oop, and there goes my keyboard. Especially because um, in this incredibly high-tech universe, they have monochrome security cameras. For some reason. Everybody has so CTTV. <laughs> yeah, they have the worst security cameras for something. <laughs> like, you'd think they'd have, like, some technology that just, like, scans everything in the ship and then can, like, project it in front of you. No, they've just got monochrome security yeah. cams. <laughs> They, they spent all their budget on the Death Star. <laughs> and the yeah. Dark Troopers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the Dark Troopers, yeah. They're very expensive. <laughs> um, yeah, I, And I, then at the end, it was just this very, like, last first day of school vibes. Yeah. Of, like, the parents sending the kid off to school. Which Yeah. You know, you, know. you saying that about them watching uh, watching Luke cut through them on TV, or wa- watching Luke cut through the Dark uh, Troopers on TV... Uh, made me think about like din had the uh the dark saber still like in his hand at that point he had not given True. it he had not given it back and then like after seeing what somebody oh, who is like yeah. a real lightsaber wielder can do against the things that he had real trouble with oh, yeah. just one yeah. of them like is that going to change his mind about it like maybe i oh. should hold on to this yeah. <laughs> and i definitely this was thinking the whole time useful. that like you know, Mando and Gideon had had this kind of epic duel between the two of them of, like, a spear versus the Darksaber. And they probably both thought, like, yeah. Like, Moffs is like, yeah, I know how to use a lightsaber. And then they just watch Luke and are like, oh, oh, no. We, we, yeah, we don't. No. These are toys <laughs> right. in our hands. We don't understand how they work. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's how you use a lightsaber. <laughs> right. Uh, I could have put my eye out. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, Ashley, any last thoughts? I'm just very happy. I got I like I love all the stuff with the Jedi's and getting to see Luke really do that like really just wreck house. I really enjoyed it and use all the powers and I feel like I that was just a little bit of a lightsaber that I needed to make everything perfect for me. So, I'm yeah. happy. I I feel like I was 
in terms of like thinking of stories, you often see like the 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 arc of the story is the hero's journey and the hero becoming as powerful as they are. And we don't really get to spend much time watching, you know, we spent almost no time getting to see Luke be a Jedi because he becomes a Jedi yeah. in that, you know, final confrontation. Um, and we never really see him at the height of his power for very long. And that's very common in movies and TV shows. And so getting to see Luke come back, like at first I was like, why aren't the, the troopers fighting back more against him? But then someone pointed out like, no, he should be OP. Like that's who his character is right now. And that's, it, it was just fantastic. Loved it. Loved it. Jeff and you, any last last thoughts or words? Roll us out, Matthew. All right. Well, um, thank you all so much. Um, to your fans, thank you so much. We'd love to hear from you. Wanted to do a quick plug, as we mentioned. There's all sorts of great stuff happening on the Stranded Panda Network right now. Um, we're going to stop this for a couple weeks, as well as Superhero Ethics. But starting next year, we're going to everyone who wants to know more about the Clone Wars, we're diving deep into that. We're diving into Rebels. We're diving into the movies and TV show and books. Um, uh, Ashley and I are about to kick off on Pandavision, a whole new series about the Stand, the CBS novel, uh, the CBS show based on Stephen King's novel. I watched episode one earlier today, and it's phenomenal. I can't Ooh, wait for us to talk wait. about that. Um, I know Jeff and Matt are doing all sorts of great stuff over on the MCU cast, um, and uh, for Paul, although he's not a stranded panda yet. Um, uh, Zen Madman, if you want to check it out on Twitch, they're doing great videos of how to learn chess, how to learn poker. Um, have you put any ones on linguistics up yet? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I've streamed from time to time. I'll like stream some Duolingo or some Cetera, do various languages and geography and stuff, but nice. I haven't recorded any videos. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say, Paul, I'm, I'm okay. so glad for all of us to be on this, but, um, Paul, I don't know how much uh, of these you remember, but a lot of the first ideas for these podcasts for me came when you and I would be sitting in the um, food courts of a poker casino at, at <laughs> two in the morning um, debating about, you know, whether Vader was the protagonist of the original movies. Uh, so it really meant a lot to me that you could be a part of these uh, th- these episodes as well. So check all these people out, all doing great stuff. For you, the fans, would love to hear what you have to say. Um, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, Facebook. Uh, uh, if you could just go to the strandedpanda.com website, uh, click on Star Wars Universe Podcast. It'll give you all our social media as well as the social media for all these other people and all these other podcasts. Let us know what you think. We'll probably do a feedback episode if we get enough or at least mention it in something else. Um, what did you think of the ending? How excited were you about Luke? When did you realize what was happening? Uh, we were having a fun game about who could predict what. I got, I got half my predictions right. I was pretty happy. Um, what about you? What did you think of this all? What are your predictions for what's going to happen? What do you want to see of Boba Fett and Fennec? Um, which, by the way, one small comment I wanted to make. Someone asked, like, are Boba Fett and Fennec a thing now? I'm like, they might be. Who knows? If you had told me two years ago that you could have two major, two seasons of a major TV show that had a major impact on things, that had absolutely, like, d- did we ever see two characters kiss in this entire series? I don't think so. No. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, like, I mean, I love a good romance. Don't get me wrong, but... There's so often where it feels like there's a romance in a story because someone feels like there has to be a romance in a story. I have so yep. loved that we ha- we've had a found family for sure, but we haven't had that. So cool. That's cool to me as well. Um, me too. But anyway, yeah. So what do you all think? Let us know. Um, and I'm half myself, Paul, Ashley, Jeff. Thank you all so much for being a part of this. Have a great day. Ooh, this is the way. Talent without training is nothing. We have spoken. We have spoken.